from Brown Cow Studios in Montana, this is News Nerds, the news podcast. On this week's episode, the Geographical Location Challenge. New results there. We have new listeners internationally and in the United States. The tables have turned. New states have different um, places in the first, second, and third uh, results. Also... The Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, one 90% effective and the other 95% effective. These may get us out of the coronavirus pandemic, but we will still have to endure many more months of masks and social distancing. This comes as the pandemic gets worse across the country and many more fall sick to the deadly virus. I'm Ezra Graham and you are listening to News Nerds. The news podcast. This week's book note pick is the series The Mysterious Benedict Society by Trenton Lee Stewart. I read these about three years ago, but now I read the uh, the new one called The Mysterious Benedict Society and the Riddle of Ages. It was pretty good. One thing that I really missed was the illustrations of the former illustrator, um, and they have a new illustrator now. I really did like the illustrations of the former illustrator, and now there's a whole different design, actually. Um, the new the new illustrator just doesn't really give me that sense of adventure that I um, really got from the other illustrations. But anywho, it's about these very gifted children named Rainy Muldoon, Sticky Washington, Kate Weatherall, and Constance Contraire. And they are all very gifted in their own way, and they belong to the secret society called the Benedict Society. And I know that many people like this book. Um, Somebody I know is reading this right now. Um, and I think they're liking it very much. So these four children are in the secret society with this guy named Mr. Benedict, and I won't get too much into it because otherwise I'm going to spoil the whole series, and then you are not going to have anything to read because I just spoiled this gigantic series. It's four books, um... There is a prequel and then three other books, I believe. Actually, there's there's five books, a prequel, and then four other books. And the first one is called The Mysterious Benedict Society. Um, this is by Trenton Lee Stewart. And the cover artist is Carson Ellis. That's who I was really missing. Uh, she is did not illustrate the newest one called The Riddle of Ages, which I thought was quite good. Um, that's when they grow up a bit more. So I'm going to go through these characters. So Rainy Muldoon, his real name is Reynard, but they like he likes to be called Rainy instead of Reynard. He is an 11-year-old boy, and he is an orphan. But um, a special tutor at the orphanage, Miss Pirimo, um, takes him to a interesting puzzle, uh, an interesting quiz that's that's actually, they're advertising this quiz that will test your wits and test your skills. And they, these, 
all these kids from the city go and try to pass in this quiz that will put them into the mysterious Benedict Society. George, or Sticky Washington, he likes to be called Sticky, because of his all his knowledge that sticks to his brain like a piece of tape, and that everything sticks to his head, hence his nickname, has a talent for reading. He is kind of timid and flinches at Constance. He is constantly rubbing his glasses when he is nervous or confused or embarrassed. Kate Weatherall is the next character. She's 12. She's kind of athletic, sporty. She always carries a red bucket full of whatever she needs, her toolbox, and that often saves the day, her toolbox. Constance Contraire is one of my favorite characters in all of literature because she is kind of a um she is kind of a stubborn but extremely intelligent girl and that is why she te uh, she um Mr. Benedict accepted her into this new school. She is really stubborn and she is quite funny. She writes the best poems about how um how, how sticky Kate and Rainey are getting onto her nerves. So I would really re recommend that book. That is The Mysterious Benedict Society by Trenton Lee Stewart. Donald Trump has still not conceded in the presidential election. This has been d divisive to Americans, and protests and counter-protests have broken out in the streets of the United States. One in Washington, D.C. even turned violent after a protester was stabbed. When the losing candidate of a presidential election concedes, the other winning candidate receives benefits, like intelligence briefings, and in this case, President Trump is seeking legal actions in states like Georgia, Pennsylvania, and others that were very close in this election. The only other time in the U.S. history when a losing candidate has not conceded within hours of the call was in 2000, when George Bush was running against Al Gore. Florida went into a recount, which was mandatory in that case. Biden has won the election. Even recounts cannot change millions of votes that Biden had over Trump. Take Georgia. Biden is winning in that state by 14,000 votes. A recount only changes a small fraction of votes that were not picked up by the machines that count the ballots. But what if Trump never concedes? This may be quite a common question among, among, among Americans. Another, what will Trump do when out of the White House? Will he run it again in 2024? Will he return to his TV show, The Apprentice? Will he write a book about his presidency? What will happen on January 20th, when Biden is supposed to be inaugurated? Many of these questions can only be answered with more time. Here's what we know. Biden has largely ignored Trump's refusal to concede. Although he has called this embarrassing, Biden does not seem to want to comment about the president and his refusal to admit that he has lost. One thing that many of us have learned from Trump's presidency is that he wants to be in the spotlight, and he does not want to lose. As a boy, he boasted of giving his teacher a black eye. He threw stones at other small children. Biden spoke to reporters earlier in November. Here's a clip of him calling Trump's refusal to concede an embarrassment. I want to get your thoughts on the president's tweet 
over the weekend where he first seemed to acknowledge that you won. Then he said he won't concede. Then he said, I won. How did you interpret that? And at the end of the day, do you want him to concede? I interpret that as Trumpianism. <laughs> uh, no change in his modus operandi. Um, and uh, I think the pressure will continue to build. Look, I'm having a lot of meetings with world leaders on the, t on the telephone. I cannot get into negotiating with them about things that are going to be done, but they're calling with some degree of enthusiasm. Uh, um, everyone from uh, uh, the Holy Father to Prime Ministers across the globe. Um, and so we're moving along uh, knowing what the outcome will be. And uh, um, as I said earlier, I probably shouldn't repeat it, but I find this uh, more embarrassing for the country than debilitating for my ability to get started. Well, um, I just think it's an embarrassment, um, quite frankly. Uh, the only thing that, uh, how can I say this uh, tactfully? I, I think it will not help the president's legacy. I think that uh, I know from my discussions with foreign leaders thus far that they are hopeful that the United States democratic institutions are viewed once again as being strong and enduring. Uh, and so I'm confident that uh, the fact that they're not willing to acknowledge we won at this point is uh, not of much consequence in our planning and what we're able to do between now and January 20th. Tomorrow, November 19th, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will meet online with the National Governors Association. The bipartisan executive committee will meet with the president and vice president-elect. Afterwards, Biden and Harris will deliver a speech. North Carolina has been called for President Trump. Now, the only state that has not been called is Georgia. The Secretary of State there, a Republican named Brad Raffensperger, talked to Lindsey Graham recently. Raffensperger says that Graham suggested to make legally cast absentee ballots no longer valid. Raffensperger told the Washington Post, quote, It sure looked like he was wanting to go down that road, unquote. Gabrielle Sterling was on the call between Graham and Raffensperger. Sterling oversees voting systems in Georgia. He says, quote, what I heard was basically discussions about absentee ballots. And if a potentially, if there was a percentage of signatures that weren't really truly matching, is there some point when you get to where you can say if somebody went to the courtroom could say, let's throw out all these ballots because we have no way of knowing because the ballots are separate. And that was part partially what was going on. I could see how Senator Graham viewed it on one way and Secretary Raffensperger viewed it another way. But you know our job in this state has to follow the law and follow the process as we continue to do. There's no physical ability for this office to do anything along those lines. Unquote. Because of a surprising lead in Georgia, Georgia was put back into the swing state column. Raffensperger says that because of this crucial state and its outcome, he has been receiving pressure from his fellow Republicans to alter the votes in favor of Donald Trump. 
Right now, the Associated Press says that Biden leads in Georgia by about 0.3% or about 14,000 votes. Also this week, the coronavirus. Pfizer last Wednesday announced some good news about a potential coronavirus vaccine that may be approved by the FDA for emergency use in this pandemic. The vaccine is about 90% effective. The company also reported the vaccine being 94% effective to older adults, the ones that have been mostly affected in this pandemic. If the Pfizer vaccine will be approved by the FDA in the coming days, we must plan a way to distribute it to the people at the greatest of need. The vaccine does have to be stored at the frigid temperature of minus 94 degrees, far below than your far below your freezer at home. The solution, says Pfizer, is to stuff the vaccine in a container with dry ice and a GPS-activated sensor. Another vaccine coming from the company Moderna says that it is about 95% effective. This vaccine is both more effective and can be stored and shipped more easily. The vaccine should be stored at minus 4 degrees and can be stored at 36 to 46 degrees for up to 30 days. This all comes as COVID-19 cases go up quickly. The amount of fatalities in the United States alone is now at a quarter million. And it's time for our geographical location challenge. We have some new listeners internationally. They are in Bosnia and Herzegovina. And we also have some new awards to give out in the United States. Virginia is still in first place with 11% of all News Nerds listeners. But in second place, we have Ohio with 6% of all News Nerds listeners. And in third place, California with 5% of all News Nerds listeners. Connecticut and New Mexico have been bumped down to fourth and fifth place. Connecticut with 4% and fourth place. And New Mexico with 3% and fifth place. Also behind them are states like Arizona, Maryland, Georgia, the District of Columbia, Massachusetts, and Hawaii. Some of those states that have just joined the Geographical Location Challenge um, contest, like, I believe, Georgia, Maryland, and Arizona. And that's it for this Geographical Location Challenge. for this week's episode of News Nerds. We didn't have any guests this week, but we'll have some in the future. It's been a guestless few weeks uh, in these election, after the election. Um, Thank you so much for listening, even if we didn't have any guests. Uh, We were talking about the election and how the transition has been affected because of Trump's uh, unwillingness to concede the election. And also, thank you to those countries that have listened to News Nerds in the past few uh, months, weeks, and uh, days, because it's always nice to see international listenership from different countries across the world. 
And I'm Ezra Graham. You've been listening to News Nerds. We'll be back every Wednesday with another episode of News Nerds, the news podcast.